Hi everyone, this podcast is about gender identities and I'll be talking about definitions of gender identities, stories that have come up in the news and on social media about trans and non-binary people, common myths and concerns surrounding their gender identities and how to be an ally. My name is Bethany and I identify as a cisgender woman, my gender is female and I use she and her pronouns. Before I start I just want to say that I obviously have no experience of being trans or non-binary and as far as I'm aware I don't personally know any trans people and only one non-binary person. The information in this podcast has all come from research and I hope that uplifts and supports trans and non-binary voices and helps those of you who may not know much about the subject understand more about the community. Without further ado, here goes. So the first thing I'm going to talk about in today's podcast is definitions of gender and sex. Now often people mistake gender and sex as being the same thing, which they aren't. Sex refers to the biological aspects of a person, such as external genitalia, internal reproductive organs and chromosomes. There are typically three types of sex assigned at birth, male, female and intersex. Intersex, also described as disorders or differences of sexual development, refer to those who are born with chromosomes or genitalia that aren't exclusively male or female. Most intersex people are assigned a binary sex identity by their family and or doctors. An outdated and offensive term for intersex is hermaphrodite, so this should no longer be used. On the other hand, Gender is defined as a social construct relating to behaviours and attributes based on labels of masculinity and femininity. There are different aspects of gender, including gender identity and gender expression. Gender identity is an internal perception of oneself, which may or may not match the sex that someone was assigned at birth. The majority of people identify as boy or man, or girl or woman, which is known as the gender binary. However, some people's gender identity doesn't fit into this binary. Many of these people identify under the umbrella terms non-binary or genderqueer. Some people identify as gender fluid, which means that they move between genders and that their gender is a spectrum rather than static. There are also some people who identify as agender, meaning that they see themselves as not having any gender or as being gender neutral. Gender expression refers to one's public gender, how they present their genders to the world and how society, culture, community and family interact with and shape one's gender. Sex, gender identity and gender expression are interlinked, but not the same thing. Therefore, one's sex, gen- sex, gender identity and gender expression may or may not match completely. It's also important to note that sexual orientation or sexuality is different from sex and gender and refers to who one is physically, emotionally and or romantically attracted to. It's important to distinguish sexual orientation and sex and gender due to the fact that if gender is confused with sexual orientation, we often make assumptions about a person that aren't true. An example of this is when, say, a boy enjoys playing with dolls and Barbies. It's often assumed that he is gay, due to the fact that this gender expression doesn't match society's expectations of what it means to be a boy. Due to the expectations of gender and sexuality, young people can often find it difficult to discover their gender identity. An example of this is the fact that some transgender or non-binary people start to think they may be gay, bi, lesbian or other, before realising that they're non-binary or transgender. Transgender, also known as trans, refers to a person who identifies and lives as a member of a gender other than that which is expected based on the sex assigned at birth. The acronym MTF refers to a person who was assigned a male sex at birth and whose gender identity is girl or woman. FTM refers to a person who was assigned a female sex at birth and whose gender identity is boy slash man. 
it is also important to note that the term transsexual is outdated and considered offensive by many people. However, it is still used by some who have changed or seek to change their bodies through medical intervention. Transition is a term used to describe the steps someone takes to find conformity with their gender, including transgender, agender and non-binary people. It's important to note that not everybody who transitions has surgery or goes through hormone replacement therapy. Other steps involved in transitioning include changing someone's name, growing or removing facial and body hair, and changing one's clothing. When someone is referred to by the name they were given at birth, as opposed to their chosen name, this is referred to as dead naming, and when done deliberately is offensive. Hormone replacement therapy refers to hormones taken by transgender people to replace female hormones with male hormones, or vice versa, which changes secondary sex characteristics such as stopping facial hair for trans women and producing facial hair for trans men. If trans people decide to have surgery, this is referred to as gender-affirming surgery and involves changing the secondary sex characteristics, e.g. breast and genitalia, in line with the gender identity of trans men and women. The term sex change is considered inappropriate and impolite. The term transition can be misleading, though, as it implies that the person's gender identity is changing and that there is a movement in time where this takes place. However, it is usually changes to their gender expression that happen and or changes to how others understand the person's gender identity. Many trans and intersex people have experienced dysphoria. This happens when a person feels discomfort with the fact that their assigned sex and their gender identity do not match. When people experience gender dysphoria, social interactions feel inappropriate and sometimes their sex characteristics feel alien due to the fact that they contradict the person's gender identity. There is evidence that in some individuals, there is atypical brain development, resulting in the individual being more likely to develop a gender identity that doesn't match their sex assigned at birth. Gender dysphoria can encompass a broad range of feelings, from mild discomfort to unbearable distress. These feelings can change over time if the individual is able to understand and express their gender identity properly and freely. The term, term gender dysphoria being labelled as a disorder or condition has been controversial. However, as many people view it as mental illness and therefore assume that transgender and non-binary people must have mental illness. It's important for people, especially trans and non-binary people, to be referred to by the correct pronouns, i.e. their chosen pronouns. For example, calling a trans man she or her, calling a non-binary person he or him, can be upsetting to the person whose pronouns aren't being used correctly. For people whose gender identity is binary, the pronouns he, him and she, her are usually, but not always, correct. Many non-binary people will go by the gender-neutral pronoun they or them. However, there are other pronouns that non-binary people may use, such as ze or fe. Non-gendered people may use the pronoun per. Titles such as mix or pr may be referred to may be preferred to Mr, Mrs, Miss, etc. Cisgender refers to someone whose gender identity aligns with the sex they were assigned at birth. Transphobia is the fear, dislike of and or prejudice against trans people. Trans and non-binary people are part of the LGBT community. The L in this stands for lesbian, G stands for gay, B stands for bisexual and T stands for transgender. LGBT has grown to LGBTQIA+, which is usually shortened to LGBTQ+. 
The Q stands for queer, which can be used as an umbrella term and could mean that the person is lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, all of these or none of these. Queer was historically used as a slur for gay people, but many in the community have reclaimed the word. However, it should be noted that some may still find it offensive. The Q can also mean questioning for those who are unsure of their gender identity. I stands for intersex. A stands for asexual and or ally. The plus is for those who don't identify with any of the other terms, including pansexual. Now, you've probably heard the term TERF recently, which stands for trans-exclusionary radical feminism or feminist. TERF is used to describe cis women who say they are feminist but don't want transgender women included in women's spaces. Gender-critical feminism is essentially the same thing but they would rather be called gender-critical feminists than TERFs. Although non-binary and transgender identities aren't new, there's been more and more coverage and examples in the media in the recent year, and so I'm going to be talking about a few of these. One example that most of you have probably heard and or read about is the comments that JK Rowling made on Twitter concerning transgender people. The author has come under fire for posting transphobic tweets on more than one occasion. In June this year, she retweeted an opinion piece titled Opinion, Creating a More Equal Post-COVID-19 World for People Who Menstruate. In her tweet, she wrote, People who menstruate. I'm sure there used to be a word for these people. Someone help me out. Wumbun? Wumpund? Wumund? Her initial tweet received backlash, but this didn't make her delete her tweet or apologise. Instead, she wrote about her views in more detail. She said, I respect every trans person right to live in any way that feels authentic and comfortable to them. I'd march with you if you were discriminated against on the basis of being trans. At the same time, my life has been shaped by being female. I do not believe it's hateful to say so. Rowling's initial tweet was problematic in several ways. Firstly, she completely dismissed trans women as they do not menstruate. Secondly, many trans men still menstruate. And thirdly, not all cis women menstruate. Her following tweet was also problematic. She implied that just because she may have been discriminated against because of her gender, other people's experience of hate and abuse isn't valid. The fact that she said if trans people are discriminated against for being trans implies that trans people don't face hate, abuse and discrimination simply for their gender identity, which really isn't true. A study by Stonewall found that between 2017 and 2018, two in five trans people, 41%, and three in ten non-binary people, 31%, had experienced a hate crime or incident because of their gender identity, and that more than a third, 36%, of trans students in higher education had experienced negative comments or behaviour from staff. The study also found that 40% of trans people and 52% of non-binary people adjusted the way they dress because they feared discrimination or harassment. Therefore, J.K. Rowling's tweet was not only offensive, but also ignorant and dismissive. The reform of the Gender Recognition Act Government Consultation 2018 also started a heated debate on trans right and trans inclusion in the UK due to the fact that greater visibility and protections in the law for trans people caused a backlash. The proposed reforms aim to change the process of gender identification from a medical to a self-identification and declaration. Gender critical feminists have argued that introducing a system of self-identification and declaration would be damaging to cis women because it would endanger their safety in women-only spaces by giving men pretending to be women access to these places. They also argued that trans women were not born and socialised as females and therefore never experience discrimination based on the fact that they are women. They therefore believe that not only are trans women a threat to cis women, but also that they don't deserve the protection and safety of women-only spaces. Now, another story that you may have heard about in the news 
and on social media is the fact that Sam Smith recently came out as non-binary and asked fans to be addressed by the pronouns they and them. In an Instagram post, the singer wrote, After a lifetime of being at war with my gender, I've decided to embrace myself for who I am, inside and out. There were mixed reactions to this announcement, both from the public and the media. One article by The Guardian referred to Sam Smith as they and them throughout the article, whereas an article by BBC News didn't. The article states that many non-binary people don't identify as either male or female and use the pronouns they or them instead of he or she. But then the article goes on to refer to Sam Smith as he or him, completely missing the point, and proving that we still have a long way to go in respecting non-binary people. One person who criticised and questioned the authenticity of Sam's gender identity and pronouns was, surprise surprise, Piers Morgan. On Good Morning Britain, Piers suggested that non-binary gender identities are a fad, an excuse for people to be different, and claimed that Sam Smith only came out as non-binary in order to gain more publicity for their album. Although the, receive, the singer received backlash, many people were supportive. One person on Twitter, Kate, replied to Sam Smith's tweet saying, That's grand. I hope it brings you some peace. It only matters that you're comfortable. All these people complaining are ridiculous. There has been a pronoun, they has been a pronoun since at least 1330, and probably since they existed. I'm not saying this as a fan, just with the respect I give anyone. Kate's reply to Sam Smith coming out as non-binary is proof that you don't have to be a fan of someone, or even generally like them, in order to respect them. Proof of the fact that more and more people are talking about gender identities is the fact that in 2019, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary added a new entry to the definition of they, a way to refer to a non-binary individual, one who identifies as neither, exclusively male or female. Emily Brewster, a senior editor for Merriam-Webster, said that the reason for adding the new entry was due to the fact that more and more people were asking others for their pronouns as well as giving out their own, and that the number of people identifying as non-binary had been increasing. Another example of celebrities speaking about gender identities is the fact that Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union made headlines last year after opening up about their daughter being trans. Their daughter Zaya has known her gender identity since age three and her parents have been supporting her since she said she wanted to be referred to using female pronouns. The most important thing for Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union, they said, is making sure that Zaya knows the issue is fully wholeheartedly supported. Wade said that Zaya was the one who began to research gender identity and spoke to her family about it. He says he recalled her saying, I don't think I'm gay. This is how I identify myself. This is my gender identity. I identify as a young lady. I think I'm a straight trans because I like boys. Wade goes on to say that he and his wife did their own research on the topic in order to learn how they could support Zaya in the best way possible. They did this due to the fact that Wade didn't know anyone who had come out as a member of the LGBTQ plus community when he was growing up. Gabrielle Union also reached out to cast members from the show Pose, which is based around and starring black and Latino LGBTQ plus characters, in order to get advice. Wade admitted that in the past he said things that could have been negative and harmful. In an interview he said, I've been a person in the locker room that has been a part of the conversation that has said the wrong phrases and the wrong words myself. However, as he got older and watched his daughter grow, he said, he had to go and look at himself in the mirror and say, who are you? What are you going to do if your child comes home and says, Dad, I'm not a boy, I'm a trans girl. What are you going to do? That was my moment of real. Wade also said that he and his family acknowledged the fact that they are able to help others by speaking out due to being in the public eye. They also realised that there are other families out there dealing with similar situations, saying, I'm not going to sit here and act like we have all the answers. I'm not going to sit here and act like before our child came home and sat us down, that we weren't ignorant parents when it came to the world. When I say we're learning from our 12-year-old, 
were literally learning from my child. Wade also explained that while the family received amazing support from some people, they also get a lot of hate from some people. He said that while he hopes he's dealing with it in the right way, some people don't think he is. Rappers Young Thug and Bossy Badass were heavily criticised for their comments on Zaya's gender identity. In a now-deleted tweet, Young Thug said, All I want to say to Dwayne's son is, God, don't make mistakes, but hey, live your true self, which was problematic for a number of reasons, including the fact that he misgendered Zaya. Bossy Badass had a rant aimed at Zaya in a video post on Instagram. However, many people support Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union's reaction to Zaya's coming out. One of these people is Vanessa Clark. She said that upon watching Wade's interview with Ellen, as a black trans woman and author, she found the moment nothing short of groundbreaking. She goes on to say that black athletes don't have the best track record with LGBTQ plus acceptance, and a stigma still persists in the black community around queerness and transness, especially among older generations. Clark said that not only was Wade opening up about his daughter on Ellen Important, so was the action behind it. She says that the fact that Wade didn't question or doubt his daughter, but instead uplifted her, was another reason why Wade's interview was so groundbreaking and needed. Another example of parents being supportive of their children's gender identity is a mother who recently went viral for having a gender reveal party for her transgender son. Love Gorkney shared a post on Facebook with several photos from the gender reveal party. In the post, she explained that one of the first things that people do when they have a baby on the way is wonder whether the baby will be a boy or a girl. She goes on to say how parents pick out clothes and decorations for the nursery and choose names based on the sex of the baby. Courtney states that most of the time this works out okay. However, sometimes parents force these gender roles and stereotypes on children based on their sex and they get it wrong. The photos in the post showed her son, Grey, emerging from a cardboard box filled with balloons that represent the non-binary flag. In the post, Grey's mum explained that she and her partner got it wrong when they were having a child and named that child Mackenzie and so they wanted to introduce everyone to their son, Gray. She also added that the family will be referring to Gray as he or him, and that Gray also doesn't mind being referred to as they or them. The Facebook post received thousands of shares, comments and reactions, many of which were messages of support and appreciation. Ms. Gortney added that the messages received from the trans community had touched her heart, and that she hated the fact that many trans people were not given love and acceptance. I recently came across an article that stated that last year, a couple revealed they had decided to raise their child without telling anyone, including friends and family, the sex of the child. They said they have done this in order to avoid the gender bias that is placed upon children by society. Jake England Johns and Hobbit Humphrey refer to their child, Anoush, as they or them, rather than he or him or she or her. Anoush's grandmother said she only found out the sex when she changed a nappy. Mr England Johns and Miss Humphrey used gender-neutral clothing to dress their child and said they want to let Anoush choose their own gender when they're older, due to the fact that they want Anoush to become their own person. England John said that the neutral part of gender neutral refers to the fact that they are trying to act neutrally towards Anoush, rather than the fact they are trying to make Anoush identify as gender neutral. The couple said that they were trying to work out ways in which they could challenge gender stereotypes and expectations when they found out that Humphrey was pregnant. They eventually decided that in order to do so, they wouldn't tell anyone whether the baby was a boy or a girl. England Johns and Humphrey has said that their decision has received mixed responses. They said that initially, people didn't seem to take the parents seriously due to the fact that what parents say they're going to do while they're pregnant often changes once the baby is born. They also said that people have begun getting used to the idea and that they hold space for people's discomfort in the fact that they don't tell people the sex of their child. 
However, England, Johns and Humphrey have said that they are happy that important discussions have arisen due to their decision and actions. A well-known brand, Mattel, has recently embraced gender neutrality. Last year, they launched a new line of dolls that are gender-inclusive, which the creator said will enable children to be free to express themselves. The Creatable World range comes with different options for clothing, accessories and hairstyles in order for children to be able to choose a long or short hairstyle and dresses, skirts or trousers. Mattel said it worked alongside a team of experts, parents, physicians and children in order to create the dolls which come in a variety of skin tones. Each pack included doll, two hairstyle options and multiple styling options. Senior Vice President of Mattel's doll design, Kim Carlman, explained that the toys are a reflection of culture and that she thought it was time to create a line of dolls without labels in order to celebrate the positive impact of inclusivity. Some schools are also embracing gender neutrality. In 2017, a school in Lewes banned skirts as part of a new uniform policy which is gender neutral. The school updated its uniform policy to include a new rule which states that all students must wear trousers. Although the guidelines were updated over concerns about the length of skirts, it's also beneficial for students who identify as transgender or non-binary. The school stated that the uniform addresses the current issues of inequality and decency. However, some parents didn't agree with the changes for reasons including the fact that it meant old uniform will have to be thrown away, which is damaging to the environment. New uniform will have to be bought, wasting money, and that some believe that it's just another way to control pupils at the school. An airline which has become more gender inclusive is Air Italy. In 2019, they became the first European airline to offer passengers the option of non-binary gender when making a booking. Passengers have the option of choosing F for female, M for male or X for other, for those who don't identify as either male or female. However, this option is only available for passengers who have a gender-neutral identification, although some people have seen this as a partial victory. Passengers using Air Italy can also choose prefix mix during booking, which indicates that the passenger doesn't identify as male or female. The company also stated on the website that they have been working with the LGBTQ organisation in Italy in order to have more inclusivity in their company. A celebrity who is well known and loved for defying gender norms and labels is Harry Styles. Styles has worn dresses and other typically feminine clothing on multiple occasions, such as at the Met Gala, on Saturday Night Live and on the Guardian weekend cover shoot. Styles explained that he doesn't adhere to boundaries within fashion. He told The Guardian, If I see a nice shirt and get told it's for ladies, I think, okay. Doesn't make me want to wear it less, though. His sexuality has often been questioned, but he hasn't labelled it. About his album cover and his choice of clothing, he said, I want things to look a certain way. Not because it makes me look gay, or it makes me look straight, or it makes me look bi, but because I think that it makes me look cool. He's also previously said that we no longer need to be this or that, adding, in fashion and other fields, these parameters are no longer as strict as before, and it gives the rise to great freedom. It's stimulating. In an interview with L'Officiel, Styles spoke about gender norms and said he believes that the fact that roles based on gender have started to become less rigid is making all parts of life more interesting. He said, I don't think people are still looking for this gender differentiation. Even if the masculine and feminine exist, their limits are the subject of a game. In an interview in 2018, Styles also said that I think there's so, mas- so much masculinity in being vulnerable and allowing yourself to be feminine, and I'm very comfortable with that. Growing up, you don't even know what these things mean. You have this idea of being masculine and you grow up and experience more of the world. You become more comfortable with who you are. Many fans have shown their support in his choice of clothing, with people on Twitter saying things like, iconic king, and that he's a true style icon. 
The fact that Harry Styles chooses to ignore and defy gender stereotypes and wears all types of clothing shows his fans and the general public that it's okay to not label yourself and that exploring your gender identity is an evolving and fluid process and that you shouldn't be bound by the gender binary. Styles openly wearing what he likes and talking about it in a positive way and the fact that he blurs labels and roles makes it more normal in society and for the public and hopefully means that more people will realise that you don't have to dress in one specific way based on your gender. In recent years, more and more brands have started adding gender-neutral clothing. In 2017, River Island released a line of gender-neutral clothing in grey, black and white colours in order to let children choose their own style regardless of gender and stereotypes. The kids wear design manager at River Island, Rebecca Perry, said of the decision to release the line of gender-neutral clothing. Gone are the stereotypes giving way to a modern, urban take on loungewear in this capsule collection that satisfies both genders. In the same year, John Lewis broke barriers due to the fact that they were the first major retailer to take away girls and boys labels from their clothing, changing the labels to make them say boys and girls or girls and boys on all clothing for newborns to 14 years old. The decision was praised and inspired other brands to do the same. With more and more clothing brands releasing gender-neutral clothes, the hope is that gender stereotypes will loosen and lessen to the point that they don't exist at all. In 2017, Celine Dion released a line of gender-neutral clothing for children named Celine Nunu. She said that she hoped the collection would encourage a dialogue of equality and possibility. The advert for the line of clothing shows the singer breaking into a maternity ward in which the boys are wearing blue clothes and the girls are wearing pink. She then proceeds to blow a handful of black confetti over the babies, which changes their clothes to black and white gender-neutral clothing. Celine Dion partnered with the children's brand New New New, which produces unisex clothing for children from infants to 14 years old. She chose this brand as she says she has always loved New 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 and what they represent, and so partnering with them to encourage a dialogue of equality and possibility makes so much sense. The news was met with a mixture of responses. Responses on Twitter included, I think this is, this is disgusting, bye, and straight up mocking God. He created a man and a woman. All else is feelings. Feelings are not identity. While others said things such as awesome, love you and beautiful. Okay, so this next section I'm going to be covering some concerns and myths surrounding gender identity. One myth surrounding gender identity is that children are too young to know their gender. However, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics, by age four, most children have a stable sense of their identity, showing that understanding of our gender comes to most children fairly early in life. Gender identity comes from within all of us and is an essential and important part of a person's DNA. Christina Olson, a psychologist at the University of Washington, undertook a long-term study in order to keep up with the lives of transgender children. The group of children in this study included 85 gender non-conforming participants aged 3 to 12. The study found that a lot of them eventually transitioned and they did so because they already had a strong sense of their identity. Russell Toomey, a transgender man who studies LGBTQ youth, said that the study shows that practitioners and other professionals shouldn't question but instead affirm and support children's assertion of their gender. The question of whether children are old enough to know themselves often comes up when they identify as part of the LGBTQ plus community. However, people don't question whether cisgender children know their gender at a young age, so why do people question trans and non-binary children's sense of their gender identity at the same age? Another myth is that we shouldn't talk to young children about gender diversity. Children are bombarded with messages about gender, roles and stereotypes from the moment they are born, well actually even before they are born. 
Gender reveal baby showers are becoming more and more popular, and although the thought behind them is cute and light-hearted, they often enforce gender stereotypes. These gender reveals often have signs saying heels are trainers and football ballet, which adheres to the idea that ballet is only for girls and football is only for boys. Throughout their childhood, kids receive messages about how boys and girls are supposed to dress and behave, which they receive from family, friends, books and media, amongst other things. Research shows that children are influenced by messages about gender from an early age, and so if they aren't given messages about gender that go against norms and the binary, they will instead think that there are only two very strict gender identities. Something else that people often believe is that a person is only transgender if they declare it at a very young age. However, this isn't true. Although a lot of trans people say they realised they were transgender as soon as they understood what boys and girls were, for others, the journey to realising and living as their affirmed gender takes longer. For some trans people, it is a complex journey that lasts from childhood into their teens, adulthood or even old age. Many trans and non-binary people have a feeling of being unlike others, but don't realise that this feeling is connected to their gender until they find role models to whom they can relate or find the language they need to express themselves. This is why trans and non-binary representation is so important. The fact that gender is often seen as binary is the reason why some trans and non-binary people think that they are gay, lesbian, bi or other before they realise that it is not their sexuality they're questioning, but rather their gender identity. Although some trans people still identify as gay, lesbian, bisexual, other of course. Children and young adults often struggle to express themselves freely and tell people their gender identity for fear of rejection and or abuse from family and friends as well as the public, which is why some wait until they are adults before revealing that they are trans or non-binary. A study found that the average age of a child realising that they're trans it's 7.9 years old, but the average age they told people that they're transgender is 15.5 years old. Another myth is that there are only two genders. It is true that the most common genders are boy-man or girl-woman, which are the two genders most commonly represented in the media. This is probably why many people believe that, that they are the only two genders which exist. If a child or adult identifies as a boy or girl, they have a binary gender. However, gender is a spectrum and is therefore not limited to just these two genders. Some people identify as non-binary or gender fluid or agender, but there are other possibilities. Other countries and cultures have a history of the third gender. In India, this is known as Hijra. The Hijra community has been a part of India for centuries and was mentioned in ancient texts. Indian law includes transgender people, including Hijras, as a third gender. Hijra characters have even had significant importance in religious texts. One of the many forms of Shiva includes the deity merging with Parvati, his wife, to become the androgynous Ardhanhari. Hijras were also considered to have religious authority and were sought out for blessings, particularly during religious ceremonies. Another common myth or concern is that many transgender children change their mind about their gender. Not all children who don't conform to the gender binary and stereotypes are transgender. The distinction between gender identity and gender expression often isn't made, and therefore it can take longer for children to find the language that fits them and their gender identity properly, which could make it seem like their gender identity is changing, although it isn't. In fact, research shows that transgender children are at least as certain in their gender identity as other children are in theirs. Although some children may change their mind about their gender identity, is a very small number and the majority don't change their mind and even if children do change their mind it doesn't necessarily matter anyway 
Plus, the small number of people who change their identity shouldn't be an argument against children being allowed to express their gender identity anyway. Plus, if a child realises that they aren't trans, most of the time all that will happen is they will change their name and possibly appearance. Not all children have hormone replacement therapy, and even if they do, most times it is reversible, especially if they haven't been having th therapy for a very long time. I also think that a lot of people don't realise that children can't have surgery until they're 18 anyway, and besides that, not all trans people decide to have surgery. Therefore, I feel like childhood is a good, childhood is a good time to experiment, experiment with gender expression in order to come to terms with gender identity anyway. People don't seem concerned when children change their mind about other things, such as the career they want when they're older. As Chase Stranglow tweeted, I would rather my kids change their sense of gender 200 times before puberty than die before they could live. It's better to let a child experiment with their gender than push binary ideas of gender in them which could cause their mental health to deteriorate. A big misconception about gender identity is that being transgender or non-binary is a sign of mental illness. This, however, isn't true. Although some gender diverse people do experience gender dysphoria, this is because their gender and assigned sex don't match, and if they aren't allowed to or don't feel safe expressing their gender identity, this can worsen. People who go against the norm have often been assumed to have mental health issues because of it. For example, many people used to believe that being anything other than heterosexual meant that the person was mentally ill. The fact that gay conversion therapy still exists proves that people still believe that being gay is a mental illness which can be cured. Although being gender diverse isn't a mental illness, the harassment and bullying that non-binary and transgender people face can cause mental health problems for the person dealing with the bullying and harassment. And of course, just as everyone else can have mental issues, mental health issues such as depression and anxiety, so too can gender, gender diverse people. Another myth is that people transition in order to have more normative heterosexual relationships. This myth may be believed due to the fact that some non-binary and transgender people come out as gay before realising that they're in fact trans or non-binary and so people think that they transition in order to become straight, as it were. However, according to the 2015 US Trans Survey from the National Centre for Transgender Equality, only 15% of respondents identified as straight. Although many people who are gender non-conforming also are gay, lesbian, queer, bisexual or other, there is no direct correlation. The fact that there are butch and femme cultures in queer communities is to do with gender identity and not sexual orientation. Many people are concerned about trans women competing in women's sports. A headline in The Sun said, The future of sport, transgender athletes, the controversy that could bring down women's sport. The article states that a growing number of campaigners believe that allowing trans women to compete with cis women is unfair to cis women. This is because they believe that trans women who went through male puberty have an unfair advantage as they are stronger. However, not all trans women went through male puberty. Since 2004, all trans women taking part in the Olympics had to have had undergone gender reassignment surgery and had two years of hormone therapy to suppress testosterone. In 2015, the rules changed so that trans women must have declared their gender identity as female, which cannot be changed for four years for sporting purposes, and their testosterone levels must be 10 anomalies or less per litre for at least 12 months before their first competition. However, some cis women naturally have higher levels of testosterone than others anyway. They no longer need to have had gender-affirming surgery, as this violates human rights. However, in the past, athletes had to have their genitals examined in order to make sure that they competed with their sex. Former Wimbledon champion Martina Navratilova tweeted, You can't just proclaim yourself female 
and be able to compete against women. Many people share this concern that cis men will pretend to be women in order to compete with them and steal women's titles. However, the rules in place ensure that this won't happen. Rachel McKinnon, a leading trans athlete, said that the idea that cisgender men could play the rules shows an irrational fear of trans women and is the de dictionary definition of transphobia. McKinnon added, we should never deny people's rights because a select few, in theory, could commit fraud. Another concern is that cis men will pretend to be women in order to attack women in women-only spaces. This argument implies that trans women shouldn't be allowed in female spaces such as toilets and changing rooms. Just like the argument that trans women shouldn't be able to compete with cis women in sports, it centres around the fact that because a few people could bend the rules and commit fraud, that trans women shouldn't have the right to be in spaces that are for their gender identity. Often, when trans women use male spaces, they will suffer harassment or abuse from men, so they deserve to use women's spaces in order to feel safe and protected. Experts have found that there is low likelihood of cis men pretending to be female in order to gain access to women-only spaces and abuse women. In America, experts found that there is no full factual basis for sexual assault fears and said that opponents of protections are trying to create fear. An investigation undertaken by Media Matters found that 17 school districts in the US with protections for trans people, which collectively cover more than 600,000 students, had no problem with harassment in bathrooms or locker rooms after implementing their policies. Campaigners usually counter this argument by stating that there are examples of men sneaking into women's bathrooms to attack women. But as PolitiFact reported, none of the examples cited in America happened after a state or city passed a non-discrimination law or otherwise let trans people use the bathroom for their gender identity. There are examples of men doing awful things regardless of laws, which unfortunately has been happening probably since the beginning of time. This proves that if men really want to attack or abuse women, they will do so without pretending to be female. Therefore, trans women should be allowed to use female spaces. Or, in my opinion, where possible, changing rooms and toilets should be individual cubicles and should be gender-neutral spaces so that everyone could feel comfortable and safe and it wouldn't discriminate against anyone. A common myth at the moment is that non-binary is a new thing which people use to be different and gain attention. People also believe that more and more people are identifying as trans or non-binary because it is becoming a trendy thing to do. However, the increase in people realising their gender identity could be due to the fact that there is now more representation of these identities and new language to describe these gender identities. Many people who oppose change in culture will use the modernity of the language used to define the change as a reason to oppose the change. This is a common argument for the fact that non-binary identities are new. However, non-binary genders aren't new and have in fact been around for centuries. People also argue that using they as a singular pronoun is grammatically incorrect, but this isn't true. If you're having food delivered and don't know the name or gender of the delivery driver, you would refer to them as they, for example saying, they're on the way with the food. Plus, many people who say that they isn't grammatically correct don't know the difference between the three theirs and the two yours anyway. They being used to describe someone is evident in literature from as early as the 14th century in the Canterbury Tales, as well as in Hamlet in the 16th century, proving that the singular use of they isn't new. People often worry that teachers and doctors talking about trans issues more makes children and young people think they're trans when they aren't. However, this isn't true. The fact that professionals are talking more about it is a good thing. It makes children and young people feel more comfortable and more empowered when it comes to talking about their gender identity and gives them the tools and language to be able to do so freely. 
It also means that children are more likely to understand and accept people who don't fit in with gender norms. All children deserve to grow up being able to explore and experiment with different parts of their identity, and so talking more openly about trans and non-binary identities will help children be able to do this. Besides, when children talk to parents, teachers and doctors about gender identities, it is usually because they are already questioning whether or not their gender identity matches the sex they were assigned, and so people talking about trans and non-binary identities to and around children is highly unlikely that this will make them think that they're trans when they aren't. People also worry that trans and non-binary representation will make children turn trans or non-binary or affect their childhood in a negative way. For example, in June this year, Nickelodeon posted three images on Instagram, one of which was Spongebob, accompanied with the caption, celebrating pride with the LGBTQ plus community and the allies this month and every month. The post received a mixture of praise and backlash. A lot of people automatically assumed that they were implying that Spongebob is gay. However, it could have meant that he was an ally to the LGBTQ plus community. Although in 2002, Stephen Hillenberg, the show's creator, said that he considered the character to be somewhat asexual after denying the suggestions that the character is gay. Hillenberg may possibly have created Spongebob as asexual due to the fact that sea sponges reproduce asexually in real life. However, he also said, I do think that the attitude of the show is about tolerance. Everybody is different and the show embraces that. No one is shut out. So he could also have made Spongebob asexual in order to be accommodating to and celebratory of the LGBTQ plus community. In the comments section, someone wrote, It's literally a kid's show. Several people questioned why this mattered, to which they replied, Why give gay representation to kids though? Why do they need to be learning about that so young? If they got to learn about it, I'd rather they learn in school rather than from someone, from something as influencing as a popular cartoon. This person's comments perpetuates the myth that LGBTQ plus representation, including trans and non-binary, will influence children to become part of the community, and that at a young age, children should only know about heterosexuality and binary genders. However, stating that representation of the LGBTQ plus community will turn people gay or trans, etc., doesn't really make sense as LGBTQ plus people have always existed even when they had no representation or only negative representation in the media. So lastly, I'm going to talk about different ways to be an ally to gender non-conforming people and other members of the LGBTQ plus community. First is listen to trans and non-binary people. Listen to what these people in your community are saying and make sure that you are centering these people rather than yourself. Being an ally means not just hearing the problems that trans and non-binary people have, but having a continuous conversation and taking action to help them. For example, making sure that the language others use isn't rude or offensive, and creating an environment in which trans and non-binary people feel that they are able to voice their issues and concerns. Secondly, it's important to check whether or not people are out about their gender identity. If someone tells you that they're trans or non-binary, it's important to check whether or not other people know so that you don't accidentally out them, which could potentially put them in a dangerous situation. This also, of course, goes for other members of the LGBTQ plus community. I remember when I was working in retail, one of my co-workers was gay. I said something that implied he was gay in front of another member of staff, not realising that he hadn't told this person he was gay. Although what I said didn't explicitly say he was gay, he was rightfully worried that I had accidentally outed him. Luckily, the other member of staff didn't seem to realise what I had said, and he did later come out as gay to them, of which they were supportive. However, I now make sure that if someone tells me that they're part of the LGBTQ plus community, that not only am I supportive, but I also check who else knows that don't do the same thing again. Thirdly, another way to be an ally is to state your pronouns. 
Introducing yourself to others with your pronouns can ensure that trans and non-binary people feel safer to share their own pronouns. The normalising of sharing your pronouns also means that there is less pressure on trans and non-binary people. Another way to make sharing your pronouns normal is to add your pronouns in the bio of your social media and or in your email signature. This may help trans and non-binary people realise that you are an ally and safe to talk to. As an ally, it is important that if you mess up, you apologise and move on. Of course everyone makes mistakes, which is okay as long as you're trying to educate and better yourself and don't keep doing it on purpose. Many people think that trans and non-binary people immediately become angry if someone accidentally uses the wrong pronouns. Although this may be true for some people, of course some people are angry regardless of their gender, the majority of trans and non-binary people understand that people make mistakes and are happy that you're educating yourself. However, if you do mess up, it's important to apologise and move on without centering yourself. For example, saying things such as, oh I'm so sorry, I'm the worst, I'm a terrible person, make it about yourself and can make the trans or non-binary person feel that they are a burden. It can also disrupt the flow of the conversation and potentially make things awkward. Instead, say something like, I'm sorry, thanks for correcting me, and move on with the conversation is a good way to handle it. Also, it's good to correct other people you're having a conversation with if they use the wrong pronouns, as long as they know that the person you're talking about is out with their gender. For example, if a friend says, her hair is so lovely, you can say, yes, their hair is lovely, as this doesn't make a big deal of the situation, but lets them know that they use the wrong pronouns. Another way to be an ally is to use gender-inclusive language. The simple act of changing how you greet groups of people can make a big difference. For example, saying, hey everyone, or even hello peeps, means that everyone, no matter their gender identity, will feel included. A member of staff at my local train station calls everyone mate, which is a good way of including everyone and making sure that they don't misgender anyone. I tend to say hello guys, which I personally use for people of all genders. However, I now realise that this could make people feel that they're being misgendered, although this is not my intention. Therefore, I'm going to work on changing this and using a greeting that is definitely gender inclusive, although personally I'll never use the word y'all, as this is something that I dislike. Another way to be more inclusive is changing the language used to discuss reproductive health. For example, saying hygiene products instead of feminine hygiene products, or just saying pads or tampons, serves as a reminder that it's not only cis women who experience periods. It's also important to recognise that being trans or gender non-conforming is not about how someone looks. Being trans or non-binary is not about acting or dressing in a certain way. It's about living and existing as your gender identity. For example, a trans man can wear dresses and makeup and still be a man. Agender people are still agender, whether or not they wear traditionally masculine or feminine clothing. Trans women don't have to adhere to the stereotypes of femininity, and trans men don't have to live up to the expectations of what it means to be a man. Gender non-conforming, agender and non-binary people don't have to be androgynous. Nothing that trans or non-binary people wear or do should invalidate their gender identity. It's also important to accept that just because you don't understand an identity, it doesn't make it not real. Everybody has different levels of experience and knowledge in all aspects of life. You may or may not know about the identities included in the LGBTQ community, but whether or not you have any knowledge or understanding of them, they still exist. It isn't possible to understand all the identities under the trans and non-binary umbrellas immediately, but the important thing is that in order to be an ally, you need to put in effort to understand. It's also important to note that trans and non-binary people shouldn't be expected and aren't obligated to explain everything to us allies. When they have to explain their identity and basically make an argument that they actually exist, it's laborious both mentally and emotionally. Also, even if you don't understand or know much about a person's gender identity, it's still important to use the correct names and pronouns. Lastly, show up for the trans and non-binary community. 
Allyship doesn't end with being understanding and supportive of trans and non-binary people. Ways to go beyond this include going to rallies and protests with your community, using your privilege to uplift their voices and bring awareness to their issues, and vote for politicians who care about trans and non-binary people if you're able to. Donating to charities such as Stonewall and Mermaids is another way to be an ally. I've personally not been to any rallies or protests, but when it is safe to do so again, I plan on attending. I also try and share petitions on Facebook and posts on Instagram which show support for trans and non-binary people and which are educational in order to try and help more people understand. So I'd like to end this podcast by saying that overall, my personal opinion on the matter is that everyone deserves to live as their gender identity without being questioned and without fear of being bullied, abused or harassed. I feel that everyone should make an effort to use the correct names and pronouns of people. Even if you don't agree with or understand someone's gender identity, you should still respect the person by using the correct pronouns. The way I see it is someone's gender identity makes no difference to me, and so I will do my best to support and understand everybody's gender identity. The way someone identifies doesn't affect me personally, and so I don't see it as an issue. It's not the same as racism or homophobia, which doesn't personally affect me, as both of these do harm and affect others. But someone identifying as trans doesn't harm anyone. Although, of course, it can harm the individual, as they may suffer harassment or abuse because of their gender identity. As long as everyone is being safe and not causing harm to themselves or others, I believe that everyone, regardless of age, should have the freedom and space to explore their identity without shame. I also believe that parents shouldn't push their ideas and expectations onto their children and instead should embrace them for who they are. Of course, this is just my opinion and I have no experience of what it's like to identify as anything other than cisgender. Thank you for listening and I hope this podcast has educated you on the differences between gender and sex and the different gender identities that one can have. Thank you.